Daily Drive is brought to you by the Michigan Economic Development Corporation. Innovation. Resilience. Agility. It's how Michigan businesses continue to work together to make a difference now and shape the future. Join us and make your mark where it matters. Visit michiganbusiness.org slash radio. I'm Jamie Butters, Chief Content Officer at Automotive News. Welcome to Daily Drive for Monday, August 23, 2021. You say you want a revolution? A technological revolution? Whether you want one or not, there's a massive upheaval, or several of them, taking place across the auto industry. Last week, John Cassessa, an investment banker with Guggenheim Securities, gave a presentation to clients called From Autos to Mobility, A Technological Revolution. And today... He describes it on Daily Drive. It can be dizzying to think about how breakthroughs in computing, batteries, and other technologies have combined to bring about such profound changes in the auto industry. The kinds of vehicles people drive, how they are driven, and how they are purchased are all undergoing massive transformations, which will also affect how companies earn profits during and beyond the revolution. I reached John Cassessa at his home in suburban New York. John Cassessa, welcome to Daily Drive. It's great to be on with you, Jamie. So we hear so much about how the industry is changing like never before, unprecedented transformation and all that. So rather than be overwhelmed by the flood of changes, you suggest really analyzing the patterns of other technological revolutions to get a handle on what's going on and I guess for the benefit of your clients, how to invest wisely. Uh, so can you talk us through kind of the mindset as you approach this transformation? Uh, sure. You know, I, 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 what I found, you know, having been in the industry a long time, uh, that looking, most of us look back on the industry we're in to, to understand what's happening today. And of course, we've all concluded in the auto industry that it's unprecedented, as you've described. So uh, I started to search for answers. And what I found is that, that, what the, the the fact pattern that was developing the auto industry uh, was very similar to what had developed in many other industries. So most recently, you know, broadcast going to streaming, or of course retail going from uh, physical to online, um, uh, from computers going from you know mainframes now to a basically a handheld phone, smartphone. So uh, I, I began to develop a new framework by. Uh, studying other industries and studying them over time. And, you know, the, the patterns of technological revolutions, a complete change in the way the world operates, um, are have a certain commonality back to the industrial revolution, the steam age, the steel age. And, and that, um, you know, that was very illuminating for me because it, it, it gave me some sense of what, uh, give me some way to, to make sense of what's happening now in auto. And when you looked back, you you developed, uh, you actually uh, used a, an academic model, but to really look at it in, in the different stages of how those massive changes take place. Right. And, and, and I would I would say to the listeners, you know, um, there's been a great deal of excellent academic research done on technological revolutions, the impact on industries, on capital, even uh, data about how long they take. So again, very illuminating. But, you know, a technological revolution is in this case defined as 
you know, when one set of technologies replaces another. So just cluster of new technologies, products, industries, and that transform the entire economy. So that's what we mean, like the industrial revolution or mass production. And, and there are a handful of things that characterize these revolutions. Um, you know, one, they start with a big bang. It could have been, you know, the microprocessor or the Model T. Um, you know, an auto today, it might be, you know, it might be the, the electric vehicle. Uh, they play out over many decades in distinct phases. It doesn't happen overnight. It may seem that way if you're not paying attention, but they take a long time. And then they spread sector by sector. So, you, you know, if you look back now, you say we should have seen it coming because uh, computers changed and and uh, media changed and telephones changed. And, and of course, publishing changed. And it's now just getting to auto because the technology is getting so powerful. And um, the, the, the next thing, whatever the next auto industry is or, or any new industry, historically has been the linking of the old and the new. And I think you can really see that in retail now. Uh, Amazon saying today that it's going to open department stores. So there's a, a you know just a great example of uh, the new business model of Amazon, you know, um, converging with an existing business model. And, and you know the last thing I discovered about these revolutions is that uh, you have to have humility about making predictions. Uh, I'm not a futurist. I'm just trying to learn from the past because it's very hard to uh, envision what could happen. And, and one of the stories you'll you read about in the research is that. Thomas Edison, uh, after inventing the phonograph, thought that the main usage of it would be for dying people to record their wills. So he didn't foresee the uh, the uh, the music industry. So I think you, uh, <laughs> you can't possibly see what's what's ahead. So one of the things you talked about in that in that process, right? There's there's the Big Bang, and then there's a bunch of creativity. A lot of money gets thrown into trying to flesh out ideas, trying to figure out. Is it a music industry? Is it a, a, a you know voice recorder for your uh, for your doorbell or something? And then uh, and then there's a reckoning uh, before uh, we figure out before we make those connections the synergies between the old and the new. Are we? Is the auto industry maybe approaching a, a reckoning? Is there a crash coming to all these startups? Well, I think, I, I, I think um, where we are is probably you know, still in that frenzy stage, uh, meaning, you know, there's enormous excitement among investors to fund new technologies, electric, autonomous, intelligent, connected, and so on. Um, and, and so uh, the money is still flooding in. It's very difficult to tell when there's too much money and the bubble eventually bursts, because that's <laughs> what happens, right? That right. You get detached from reality. Uh, but you know, historically, when that's happened, something catalyzes that reckoning. You know, it could be a recession. It could be a political event. Um, so I, I would say that, you know, we're definitely in this uh, very likely in the frenzy stage. We may have further to go because interest rates are low. And um, some of these business models like Uber, Lyft, Tesla are scaling. Um, but but we're, we're not in synergy yet. We're not at the stage where this has been. Uh, there's been a shakeout, sorted out, consolidated. When you start to see even mergers between the old and new, like you see, say, with the uh, Amazon or Whole Foods. So I think we're in that frenzy stage, and I do indeed think there is a reckoning coming. I don't exactly know when. Always hard to always hard to know when. So let's let's burrow down into some of the the segments of this auto industry transformation. I think the the headliner, sort of the obvious. 
uh, big picture is sort of EVs and, and AVs, electric vehicles and, and automated driving vehicles. Uh, in that, you know, we, and uh, with humility toward uh, our lack of knowledge, our ignorance of the future, right? Uh, this idea has been that kind of we're on, we're developing the building blocks for robo taxis, right? That, uh, and transportation as a service, uh, whether that's done by Uber or by a you know established company like a Toyota or you know a hybrid like GM Cruise, where where do you and and where do your clients feel like we are in that in that long walk toward uh, robo taxis or a, or mobility as a service? Well, um, you know those are two you know very interesting business models of many new business models that are that are um, arising out of this technological revolution. Some are already here today, like ADAS is, protect, is, is uh, progressing rapidly and, you know, and uh, uh, connected logistics is progressing rapidly. But I think, um, you know, autonomy and robo-taxis, that's sort of the uh, most challenging business model to stand up because there's still a lot of invention required. So I, I do think that, um, and, and these problems don't get solved by a company or by a government. Uh, you know, historically, it's a, it's a very sloppy creative process. So I, I think w- what is happening, I think the idea of a robo-taxi that can go anywhere, uh, anytime, under any conditions, that seems very far off. Uh, you know, 10 years, I don't know. I think, you know, as an industry, maybe we're guilty of uh, raising expectations because uh, it, it's not around the corner. Having said that, the enormous progress in um, sensors like LiDAR, in computing power, in the cloud, is now allowing, enabling the the commercialization of very practical business models. So, for example, uh, I think of a private company named Outrider. Outrider is commercializing autonomous yard management. So in a warehouse yard, uh, moving trucks around, moving vehicles around, moving goods around under, of course, very prescribed conditions. So that's happening. Um, But I think, uh, and so I think from an investor standpoint, uh, one has to be very critical about the stage of development of a business. You know, if you're an angel investor or sort of pioneer tech investor, you can can bet on these very early stage um, things. But if you're a uh, an investor that's more focused on cash flow, for example, um, then then you have to be very discriminating at that stage of the company. We'll be back for more with John Cassessa of Guggenheim Securities after this. Innovation. Resilience. Agility. It's how Michigan businesses work together and continue to build the future. Our expertise, talented workforce, and collaborative environment are making a difference now and shaping the future. Join us and make your mark where it matters. Visit michiganbusiness.org slash radio to put your plans in motion. That's michiganbusiness.org slash radio. So you mentioned mentioned LIDAR, and that is such an important uh, subset of the technology that's evolving and uh, where... There seems to be so much promise, a lot of hope and optimism, but uh, also perhaps more more mouths than can be fed uh, by the industry. Where where do you how do you see that? How do how do investors see lidar at this stage? Well, I think I think um, I have to generalize, but I think investors, the market investors, would say 
Um, uh, investors are convinced that LIDAR, using lasers to help a vehicle see, uh, LIDAR is an essential element of future autonomous vehicles. That is for sure what's built into investor expectations. I think at the same time, there's a lot of uncertainty about uh, how many different kinds of lighters there will be, uh, which ones will be better than others. And so, you know, there are many companies, uh, uh, many companies trying to develop a robust solution, many companies accessing capital, private capital or public capital. And, and we're at the stage in that industry's development, uh, you know, not unlike the auto industry in the you know, 1920, where um, investors are excited about it. They provide a lot of capital. There's a great deal of company formation. And it'll be some time, maybe quite a few years, before we see how this shakes out. You know, which technologies are the most robust, which companies are the best uh, business models, which companies are getting the most customers. So I think they see it's a very typical early stage um, sort of gold rush into this, uh, into this segment. You mentioned Amazon, and you've talked about you know, the, the way retail has evolved with so much of the digitization of so much of our lives these days. I'm, I'm thinking about auto retail and the way the technology is uh, changing that part of the industry. Uh, some of that's, again, like, like, like with EVs, a lot of that goes back to, to Tesla. But um, what what do you think of that, and and do you have any sense of how that's playing out in terms of the new entrants and uh, some of the larger players or even the smaller ones that might be trying to change their uh, you know their approach to their customers on a, into, into a more digital format? Um, I I do believe that you know this digital technological revolution is is now about to. Uh, drive profound change in the auto retailing environment. And, you know, profound enough to even have an impact, you know, on the franchise system as we know it in these franchise laws. And, and, and it seems to me that there are, there are a couple of um, really uh, uh, strong signals. The first one would be Tesla. And, and that is because I think what Tesla told us is that the shift from an ice powered vehicle to an electric powered vehicle, uh, is a technology change that is producing a business model change. And what I mean by that is when you go to electric, well, you know, the barriers to entry go down. You don't need engines and transmission plants. So you can create a new company more easily, which Tesla did. And then if you're a new company, well, you can use a new brand. And so you're not subject to the franchise laws. So you can go to market in a different way. And then finally, because electric vehicles are on 24 seven, they're always connected you can speak to the customer all the time. So not only uh, do the transaction, but maintain that customer relationship. So first of all, technology has produced a business model change that's impacting distribution. And, and, and the second way I think, uh, and the second example I would give of that uh, impact of technology would be Carvana. So Carvana, and along with CarMax and others, is using technology to uh, buy cars from private owners. Now, that was hard to do because you had to see the car and assess the car. But with technology, um, Carvana is able to do that. And, and the power of that is that almost all used car transactions, 92 or 93% in the United States are among private owners. And this was this giant pool of used cars, creates a large market that was difficult to tap. And so Carvana, if you're gonna sell a lot of cars, you gotta be able to buy a lot of cars. And I think Carvana has discovered a way to do that and in the process create a very um, uh, consumer-friendly way to transact. And so um, 
uh, it feels to me like these independent non-franchise companies like Carvana operating in the used car market will be a very powerful factor in uh, you know future auto industry economics. Yeah, yeah. So all this technological change, you know, it's it's pretty exciting, and it's uh, there's some a lot of fun new things happening, and you know, conveniences being brought to the market. I guess you know when you think about a revolution, the the concern, the downside is for the people who are being revolted against. Uh, what's what is the risk or the likelihood that incumbents get left behind in this revolution? Uh, it, if history is any guide, it's highly likely. Meaning, in every one of these revolutions. Um, uh, only a portion of the incumbents that were uh, leaders in the existing business model were able to master the new business model. They do. And I think one company that's doing it right now would be Walmart, for example, you know, hugely threatened by Amazon in 94. And it took three CEO changes um, before they got their uh, online strategy uh, working and when they bought Jet. And uh, you can see that, that that really is working. So there are examples of incumbents that do it, but but many that wait too long or undercapitalized uh, have a difficult time doing that. And usually what happens first is consolidation. Companies merge with each other. They sort of seek strength in numbers. Uh, and because they're in a mature business, they have to get their costs down. So, um, you know, not to take this too far, but the, the challenge that incumbents face is this idea of a dual transformation. How do, uh, has a company optimized the core business, which is producing all that cash flow, while they're building the new business that's their future? And uh, I think there are many examples of that, GM with Cruise and Ford with Argo, um, but, but it takes that kind of creative um, capital reallocation to, um, uh, you know, to, uh, to take advantage of the revolution, let's put it that way. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll see if uh, we'll see if the auto uh, executives can can learn from uh, their peers in other industries. Very interesting stuff, John. Thank you so much for uh, for joining me on the podcast today and and talking about these big ideas with our listeners. Great pleasure, Jamie. That's Daily Drive for August twenty third. For the latest news on the auto industry, type in autonews.com. And for a complete catalog of more than 300 interviews, go to autonews.com slash daily drive. Thanks for listening.